Verse number 15. Luke 14. Verse 15. And one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things. He said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and shewed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in thither hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of these that were bidden shall taste of my supper. As we think on this Scripture, you know, the Lord has sent out a call, and there has been... Very little response, the truth be known. But you know, the call's been sent out for a long time. This word here in, uh, in verse number 17, verse number 16, I'm sorry. And he bade many. That word means to be invited beforehand. You know, I believe there's been a general call went out to the whole world. And there's been a call go out that God has set us up. Or he says in Matthew 22, He likens the kingdom of God unto a king that made a marriage for his son. And he, and he set a great supper. He set a, a, a great feast. And, and these people were bidden to come to the marriage to... You know, really, it's not the feast. It's the Son of God, isn't it? I believe that's what we have here, really. It's the same. It's that same situation. But you know, in both places, Matthew 22, Luke 14, Matthew 22, uh, the Bible said that they made light of it. Luke 14, they all with one consent began to make excuse. So, you know, we could say this this morning. What value do you put on God's invitation? That's what I'd like to think about. What value would you put on the invitation of God to come? And what's He calling us to? Well, in Matthew, I believe He's calling us to the marriage He's calling us into the kingdom of God. Here in this Scripture, we might look and He likens it unto a great supper and He bid many. 
And, you know, who, who is it that's doing the inviting? God's inviting. What value do you put on God's invitation to you? There's very little. I, I realize, you know, people, people think what David said this morning. You know, I know. I, I see your attitude. I see your attitude toward Him. I see your attitude toward the Word of God. But you know, the truth is, if I act a particular way toward Him and toward the Word of God, I've acted that way toward God and His Son. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to excuse yourself. That's what man does. He makes light of and excuses himself. You know, lots of people have got lots of excuses today for not being at the house of God, not coming to God, not paying attention. We've got all of our excuses. I wonder what our excuse will be when we stand before God. As Joseph said in his teaching this morning, what will our excuse be when we stand before God? God sent out an invitation to a whole world. And I believe that He's going to say in this Scripture and He's going to say in Matthew as well, there come a day and there come a particular time that those that were bidden, He said, I want you to tell them. Tell them that all things are ready. So you've had an invitation. How old are you today? You know that answer. So you've had an invitation for years, haven't you? God has sent an invitation for years. But you know, there came a time and there came a particular point in time that God said to this group, listen to how He says it in Luke, He said, and He sent His servants at supper time. <laughs> so he's, he's setting a table, He's making a supper, and He's told everybody, now I'm going to have supper. I'm fixing supper for all of you. Is it important that we attend? Is it of importance that God Almighty sends an invitation for supper? What value would you put on that invitation? Would, would it be... Would it be greater than the uh, county commissioner's supper? Would it be greater than the Democratic Party supper? Would it be greater than the Republican get-together? Would it be greater than the senator or the congressman inviting... You, you know, could you say this? What if the senator or the, uh, senator or the congressman was going to be at Spring Creek School? Tomorrow night. Whole community invited for a free supper, the greatest, the best fixings that money can buy, and your representative is going to be there. What value? Would that be of any interest to you? It'd probably depend on your party affiliation. But what about God? What about God inviting, saying, I, I'm going to have a supper? Then He comes to the day, the Word of God said, and He sent His servants at supper time. It's not a surprise. Not a surprise. 
but He sent His servants at supper time and He sent you a personal invitation and He said, everything's ready. All things are ready. He says in Matthew, my fatlings are killed. Everything is ready. Come ye to the marriage. In Luke, He says, everything is ready. <coughs> he sent His servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, have you got an invitation? Has God, really now, has God sent you an invitation? I believe just history, nature, our raising has told us that God has set a supper and He's invited us all to come. But there came a day. There came a day to the individual and He says, Go out and tell them that we're bidden. Who is that? That's you. Tell them that we're bidden. That's you. Each one of you that sits here this morning. He sent His servant out and He said, Tell them. So a certain man made a great supper and bade many. I believe we could say that was God. And He sent His servant out. Who, who do you reckon His servant was? that said all things are now ready. I believe that would be, I believe that we could say when this was written, we could say in Isaiah that it was that time and it was that man. Yeah. We could say in Jeremiah it was that time and that man. We could say in Hosea it was that time and that man. We could say in Matthew and in Luke that it was Jesus Christ, the Son of God Himself. And He bid those that were bidden to come. All things are ready. Who is it today? It's me. It's Jim Pruitt across the hill. It's Danny Little over here. It's Howard Self across the hill over here. That's His servants that's bidding you to come to God's table. It's His little servants. You know, if God said, if God said to you, it'd be hard to turn Him down, wouldn't it? But it's pretty easy to blow the preacher off. Pretty easy to blow the Sunday school teacher off. Pretty easy to blow the family of God off. But how easy it is, how easy is it for you to say, God, excuse me, I don't have time. Excuse me, God, I have things that are more important. You know, maybe one day I'll get right with God. Maybe one day I'll really honestly get saved that brings about a life-changing experiences. And you know what it does, God? Uh, when, when a man really gets saved, what does it do? i tell you where God used to be down on the bottom of the priority list. My world has been turned upside down and now God and God's Word and God's family and God's house 
is now on the top of the priority list where God used to be dragging the bottom. How can I excuse myself from the call of God? And he sent his servant. I'll say to you this morning, it's supper time. God has set the table for you today. God has said to you today, it is time. And He went out and sent His servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Matthew 22. Again, He sent forth other servants. And he says in verse number 3, and they would not come. No, I'm not coming, God. I'm not coming to your son. I'm not coming to the wedding. I'm not coming to your word. I'm not coming to your invitation. Remember this, folks. When you say, no, I'm not coming, know this, I'm not coming to heaven. I'm not coming to forgiveness. I'm not coming to salvation. I'm not coming to justification. I'm coming to condemnation. I am coming to hell. I am on my way. I am a rejecter of the invitation of the mercy and the grace and the long-suffering of God. I am not coming God. That's what you're saying. I'm not coming. Well, no. No, when you do not come to Him, just as Joseph said this morning, if I'm not coming to condemnation and a need for salvation, I'm not coming to Jesus. If I'm not coming to Jesus, I'm not coming to God. If I'm not coming to salvation, to Jesus, to God, I'm not going to heaven. No, ma'am and no, sir, I tell you, it is a package deal. And you must answer the call one-on-one. You must answer when God calls to you. And He sent other servants. You know, uh, next Sunday, good Lord willing, we'll have some other servants. Good Lord willing, next Sunday, we'll have another servant. And Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll have two different servants. The following Sunday, we'll have two different servants. You, you won't have to deal with me. You'll be able to have some other servant give you an invitation that comes from God and send an invitation unto you and tell you that all things are now ready. Will you come? Will you come this morning? Will you come to Christ? Will you come to salvation? Will you come and be forgiven? Will you come and your life be changed? Will you come and receive this great gift that God has given unto the world? They said, we're not going. They would not come. Again, He sent other servants and He said, tell them that are bidden, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, all things are ready, come to the marriage. Verse 5, Matthew 22, verse 5, and they made light of it. 
So please, please consider this word excuse and make light of it in Matthew. Would you, would you consider this? That God has sent you an invitation. And in Matthew, they made light of it. It was a word that means they neglected it. They gave it no regard. They had no concern. There was no value on this temptation, on this invitation, and this invitation was of absolutely of no significance to them. In Luke, they all begin to make excuse. So what did they do here? They all desired to excuse themselves. How did they do that? I believe you could see it like this. They said this, I have something that is of greater importance. There is something that is more valuable to me than coming. There is something that is of greater necessity than coming to you. That's what we're saying to God. We're saying unto God, there's something in my plate, something on my schedule, that is of greater necessity, of greater value, of greater importance than your call to me. Isn't that something? If the doctor said, I'm going to call you tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly what time, but I'll call you tomorrow between 10 and 12. And I'll let you know about the report. I'll let you know about what I found. I'll let you know about the prognosis. I'll let you know what the, uh, uh, what the plan is. I'll let you know about that because there is a sickness in you that is going to bring you to death, but I will call you tomorrow. And you know, you could say, well, uh, Doc, I, you know, I'm not going to be available tomorrow uh, between 10 and 12. I've got other things that are of more importance. I've got other things that are of more value. I've got other things that are more of necessity than hearing what you have to say. I don't say this to be silly, but you might as well pull out your pistol and put it to your head. The only hope of salvation that there is is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other call that has life. There is no other call that equals the importance and the necessity and the value of the call that comes from God unto your soul. You are committing spiritual suicide. No value. No value to the call of God. 
I have things that are of more importance. I tell you, it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing today what people put importance on? And listen, I'm not saying a job's not important, a farm's not important, a wife's not important, a husband's not important, your children are not important, your education is not important, your career, your retirement. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying that God's call is of greater importance. God's call is of greater value. That the call of God is the most necessary call that you will ever get in all of your life. You know, you may be looking for a job. Did you write down your phone number? Do you have an emergency contact if something happens to you? What did you give them? Whose name did you put down? Did you write a phone number down? Let me ask you, can you be God in touch with? Are you able to be God in touch with? Is there a means of getting in touch with you? I know how people do. They look at the ID. They hit the little button on the side. Decline. That's what they do. God's sending you a call. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to decline. I'm not taking that. You know what God does? I tell you by the mercy of God, God leaves us a voicemail, doesn't He? God leaves us a voicemail that we decline to hear what He had to say, but He leaves it there. And we go back and we play it again. We hear God speaking to us down in the depths of our heart. God leaves us a voicemail that we cannot erase. That's by the mercy of God. That's by the wonderful, marvelous grace of God that He leaves you a voicemail. could have said, let me just delete that contact out of my call list. Let me delete them out of my call list and I will never ever make a call to them again. They've made excuses. They've made lies. They've put me of no value. they put no... No, no uh, uh, thinking about me. Uh, they have put my call and my my desire and my mercy and my grace. They have made light. They have disregarded my call into them. Who's going to call you to heaven? Who's going to call you out of sin? Who's going to call you to grace? Who's going to call you to forgiveness? Who, who can give that? Only God. Only God. And they all, isn't it amazing? Is this the wrong, is this the wrong thing? Did, did, did the Luke or did the, did the writer, did they, did, they, did they miss this? And they all, with one consent, 
That's man, isn't it? Isn't that man? Well, everybody except for Chris. <laughs> oh, no. No, Chris was in the all as well. We all made our excuses. We all made light. We all disregarded. We all put no value or no uh, uh, nothing of value or importance of necessity. We, we deem God's call. It, it's really not all that important. Really? A call from the doctor to live another seven years, to live another 20 years, to live another 10 days, to live another six months. That call is more important than the call of God that has eternal and everlasting life. That call from God is of less importance uh, than that that the doctor would give to give you a temporary, to give you temporary easement, to give you temporary life, to give you uh, that that is temporary for a day or two, uh, to give you a farm, to give you a wife, to give you uh, things to enjoy in this world, to go to your merchandise, to go to your family, uh, to go to your pension, to go to your retirement. Those things, a uh, friend, God Almighty is put under those. Wonder how God feels when he's rejected and when man desires and excuses himself from his commitment, from his life. So this word of God says this they all with one consent <laughs> begin to make excuse. The first said, I bought a piece of ground and I, I must needs go and see it. Let me ask you, does that make any sense to you? Logically, does that make any sense to you? Does it make any sense to you at all that you would buy a piece of property unseen? Now remember when we're talking. We're talking 30, 33 A.D. No internet. No virtual tour. No 3D image. No Google Earth. I bought a piece of property and I need to go look at it. i tell you what that says. That says that God, you are on the bottom of my priority list. God, I, I'm interested. I bought this piece of property and my interest is to go and see it. I bought these five yoke of oxen and you know I'm a farmer and I've got a big farm and from what I gather these five, this five team of oxen that I bought, uh, they are some of the best and the strongest uh, uh, that there is in this part of the country and I'm going out to see work. Anything wrong with having a farm? With having money, with having a retirement, with looking after your family. Anything wrong with that? We work after that. No, but there's some folks, I mean, they really work after it. You know, it, it pays. 
It pays to work after it. It pays to be diligent. It pays to be faithful. It pays. You know, we're going to be faithful to the job. We're going to give our diligence. We're going to give our best. We're going to involve our mind. We're going to involve our body. We're, we're going to do our best and we're going to try to provide. And there's not a thing in the world wrong with that. What diligence have you given unto God's call? I've not done the math. I believe, Rex, you're good at math, 724s. Is that 168? Does that sound right? 168 hours in the week. I'd like to ask you this. What priority do we put on the things of God even just at His house? Four Five hours out of 168, we've got an appointment and we can't make it. We're not interested. We give great diligence six other days to play, to work, to be diligent, to work for the family, to prove the oxen, to buy property. Uh, to set aside the retirement, to have education, to do the things, the pleasure, the leisure. And God says, out of 168 hours in the week, could you set aside three or four hours that you could come down to the house of God and give to me with your whole heart and your whole mind? Would you come and give diligence under the Word of God? No, I can't do that. i got other things that are more important. How do you think that God feels about this? Have me excused. You know what they're saying? I'm excusing myself, Lord. I'm excusing me. Here's, here's my reason. Here's my excuse. You just go ahead and mark me off. I won't be there. Have me excused, please. And another said, I bought the auction. Another said, I've married a wife. I can't come. The servant came and showed unto his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto, unto uh, his servant, Go out quickly. You see, this invitation thus far has been to the Jews, hasn't it? It really has. It's been to the Jews. They were, they're the only people that knew about the Messiah coming. I mean, just a few here and there out of the Gentile world were brought into the family of God. But you know, we can't use that excuse, can we? I mean, look where we were raised. Look what we've been under. Look at the nation we're in. Look at what we've had exposure to. I'll tell you that God has bid us and we have known that there's coming a day that God has set the supper and invited you to come. But He sent His servants out. And He said, go out into the highways. Go out into the hedges. Go out into the lanes and into the streets. And bring in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Isn't that something? I don't know how you feel about your life. But you know, I could fit in there and he could use a whole lot more adjectives to describe how wicked and ungodly and wretched and vile that I was. 
and he sent an invitation unto me. I ask you, what does the hall and the blind and the lame, what can they add to the kingdom of God? What can they do for the king? What can they do for this great supper? What do you think that they are bringing to add to the great supper of God Almighty? I'll tell you absolutely nothing. We are dead in our trespasses and sin on the road to hell. Our friend, I bring absolutely nothing, but I I cling to the cross, look into the mercy and the grace of God that would bring something like me into the kingdom of God. Surely, surely, there should be something, a friend, that would enlighten me to the value of this power. Go out quickly. As we said to you last week, there's a season, isn't there? As we said to you last week, is there a convenient season to be saved? There'll never be a convenient season for the flesh. There'll never be a convenient season, a friend, that will be convenient for your flesh and to this world to come to God. But I tell you what he said, go out quickly into the highways and the hedges. Go out and bid the lame. Go out and bid the hall. Listen, friend. I'll tell you, God Almighty is calling you. God is calling you. He's not calling the great. He's not calling the mighty. He's not calling the good. He's calling sinners to come and be invited into the kingdom of God. Go out. Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes and bring in hither. Let me ask you now. Read that word with me. Were they coming on their own? Bring them. That's what he said. Didn't he say bring them? So through and by the power of God, through the servant and by the power of God, you go bring them. You go bring. Now listen. Don't you be selective. Don't you be looking for the good. Don't you be looking for the pretty. Don't you be looking for the beautiful men and the beautiful women. Don't you be looking for those that's got money. Don't be looking for anybody that can bring anything and add to my supper. I'm going to get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for those that come in. Leave all your junk outside. Leave all that you can bring outside and come and die. He don't need my filthy rags laid on his table. He don't need my filthy rags brought in and laid down at the banquet supper. Everything's provided for. You are. I don't care how dirty. I don't care how crippled. I don't care how blind, how deaf, everything is provided for. There's not anything that you will lack to enjoy this that is not provided for. If you would come, you could enjoy the riches of God. 
You could enjoy that that you have never enjoyed before in all of your life. If you would come, if you could hear the call, if you would hear the invitation, if you would put God on the top of the priority list instead of leaving God on the bottom, I'll tell you that you can enjoy the riches of God's goodness. He's provided it all. He don't need you to bring anything. This is not a potluck. This is not a potluck. Ikea, he's provided everything. He's got the dessert. He's got the vegetables. He's got the meat. He's got the bread. He's got the wine. He's got the water. He's got everything that you need to enjoy the kingdom of God. Will you come? Will you come? Lord, it is done as Thou hast commanded, and there is room. You know, you'd think, you would think that He would have said, Lord, we've done what You said, and there's no more room for anybody to get in. But He said, there's room for you. There's still room for you. Well, God, I, I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have the other. Leave all of your stuff outside. Leave all of your righteousness outside. Leave all that you can add to the kingdom of God outside. And if He wants to make something out of you, and He wants to glorify you, that you can glorify Him, He can bring you in just exactly like you are, but He will not leave you like you are. He'll make a new person out of you. You'll be a new creation. You'll be a new creature. You, you that were once against God, you'll love God. Uh, you that had God down on the bottom of the priority list, I uh, tell you, and God saves you and brings you in and makes a change in your heart, you'll be a new creature. And friend, you know what it'll be? It'll be to the praise of the glory of His marvelous grace. Is there room for me, preacher? There's room for you. Praise God. Thank God. Thank God there's room for you. You don't know my situation. It does not matter your situation. The only thing that matters is will you come? Will you come? Lord, it is done as Thou hast commanded and yet there is room. The Lord said, Go out into the high wages and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I don't know whether you would entertain the thought or not, but the truth is, the season for them to come in that were bidden is over. Preacher, I've always heard if there's life, then you can get saved. Well, that's a lie. That is nothing but an absolute lie.
when the congressman comes up here and says we're going to have supper, the doors will be open at 6.30, supper at 7, and I'll have a little, th- a few things to say after supper, maybe around 8 or 8.15, and at 9 o'clock, uh, friend, the doors are going shut, and I'll tell you, friend, the invitation to eat with the senator and the congressman is over! You've already passed your opportunity. You have already passed your time that God would invite you, tells you, and you know something? I tell you, thank God, He's bidding those that have known it all of their life. He's bidding those that have not been able to get to the house of God. He's bidding those that are not worthy to the house of God. He's bidding those that are claw, a blind, maimed, hog, a friend that is, uh, are of no value to the service of God. He's bidding them, but I'll tell you, the time is running out. Your excuses and your lack of regard and your things that you put more necessity and more value and more time and more diligence, that's all you're going to have, friend. And just as David said earlier this morning, at the snap of your finger, you're going to leave it all to somebody else. And you know the truth is, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You don't know whether you're going to leave it to somebody wise or a fool. You say, preacher, I'm leaving it to my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife. You don't know whether they'll be wise or a fool. You might reject it. That's all right. They may run through everything that you worked for 60 years for in six months. Six years. Waste it all. You better invest in something that is going to give eternal and everlasting benefits. You better put your diligence and your necessity and your priority and your regard and friend, that that is meaningful and that that is of value, you better put that and bring that right down to a pinpoint and right down to a focus as God calling me. Does it aggravate you I guess the doctor is probably one of the main priorities. But you call. <laughs> and I don't doubt a bit you've all experienced it. You call and you've got a sick youngin. You've got a sick wife. You yourself are sick. And you leave a message. We'll call you back. We'll call you back. And they never call. Doesn't that aggravate you? Isn't that frustrated? Isn't that frustrating that that you are trusting that they are there to help you and they can't even return a phone call? God said, I'm here to give you eternal and everlasting life, to forgive you of your sins, to sanctify you, to justify you, to glorify you, to give you a hope beyond this world. I am here to give you that free. I'm here to give you that. And if you are willing to come and hear the call, all things are ready. So will you come?
So let's get it in context. I'm going to read a few verses after this. Verse 26, Luke 14, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sister, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I tell you right now, God is not calling anybody to a higher grade. He's calling men and women unto salvation. And you are either going to be willing to give it all up and put Him on the top of the priority list, or you will never ever be saved. Preacher, I don't believe that's the way the Bible reads. It's by grace. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, his own life also, you can't be not my disciple. And whoever doth not bear his cross, is, is it going to be weighty? Is it going to be troubling? It, 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 am I going to have to decrease that he might increase? Is there going to be things in my life that God is saying, I want that out of you? I want that done with you. Am I going to have to die out to my fleshly desires? I'll tell you this, friend. Salvation is not free. Jesus paid the greatest price that's ever been given that you could be saved. And if you think that you can say you're saved with no change in pattern of life, no change in priorities, that God is still on the bottom and dragging the bottom of the barrel all the time, I'll say to you, you are not saved. Now listen. You want to be saved? You're going to have to love the Lord more than anything else. You're going to have to love Him more than father, mother, sister, brother, houses, wife, your own self, your children. God's going to have to be first on the priority list. Preacher, I don't like that and I don't believe that's the way it is. I know we don't. That's the reason there's no praise. That's the reason there's no commitment. That's the reason there's no change in our priorities. That's the reason that we excuse ourselves over and over and over again because God has not done a work in the heart. If there's any inclination this morning that God is bidding you to come, I beg you to come this morning. I beg you to come to the marriage. I beg you to come to the feast. I beg you to come to the call of God's bidding. God has bid you to come. Would you come today?